Brother, we we have uh, uh, an awful lot to discuss. Can I ask you before we get started, uh, did you know previously Stephen Heiner? I had heard the name. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's a, a traditional Catholic. He <clears throat> may be a Sedevicantist, but I'm not sure. I could, don't quote me on that. Uh, I'm just going by things he's sort of reposted, but he might be sort of a, an eclectic traditionalist who quotes everybody. But... Um, but he, but but I'd heard the name and that's it. Okay, because you reposted his twata, his X video at Catholicism.org, Stephen Heiner's timely, informative review of the book "Ethnic Cleansing of Palestine." And this book was written in 2006 by a cat who goes by went by the name of Elon Pape. Um, uh, I'd never seen or heard of the book. Of course, that's not surprising. Um, uh, but Heiner's review. Now, I, I think he just made the the. He just posted this. Uh, well, yesterday, right? Um, I don't. It says October twenty third on the Twitter. Know. October twenty third, it was yeah. posted. Yeah. Okay. Ago. So, um, uh, you reposted it at Catholicism.org. You want to tell our listeners what's in it? And about the book, well, or what you know about it? Yeah, well, I've never, I've never read the book. I saw, so it was, uh, it was a Ashley who said, "Hey, brother Andre, have you ever read this book?" You know, she kind of did a did a Twitter thing, like calling my attention to this. I'm going to turn that child into a verb. You got Ashleyed. I got Ashleyed. Okay, <laughs> that's a good uh, thing. <laughs> so, so, um, so uh, I I took um, the whatever it is twelve minutes that it takes to watch the thing and watched it and said, "Wow, this guy's smart." And uh, I'd never heard of this book. I mean, there you know there are lots of Israeli Jews that come out and admit the truth. Uh, of course, they bring upon themselves all kinds of um, uh, opprobrium. <clears throat> like if you, I don't know if you ever heard of Norman Finkelstein. Absolutely. So he, so he, 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 you know, these people get called stuff like self-hating Jews and things like this, because they they admit the truth of what was done to the to the uh, Arabs who were displaced when, you know, all these European Jews basically invaded uh, the Holy Land, and um, as you know, in the in the founding of the Zionist state. And by the way, there were many acts of uh, terrorism that led up to that. Um, and I know this. I know. I mean, I think I said a couple of weeks ago. Brother Francis had a had a, a close friend who was uh, assassinated by the Zionists because he was part of a political movement that actually had different designs on that r real estate than did the uh, the Zionists. So they they felt that they needed to just get rid of him. Um, I mean, the man was literally assassinated. Uh, there, there, you know, there it w wasn't a question of you know coming to the table and seeing you know how we can how we can discuss our differences. It was a political assassination, and there was a lot of that kind of thing that was going on in those days. And and I think I said that Brother Francis was on a Zionist hit list because he too was involved in the Syrian National Party. You're not supposed to do any of these things, and you're not supposed to know that there was any sort of, um, uh, as the book title says, the ethnic cleansing of Palestine. I was telling someone the other day that I went and because I was in, I was curious about this. I was very, I am very interested in the subject. What did the map pre World War Two? What are the what are the, if you found a map, a Rand McNally map, uh, what we call the Middle East today? What did it look like? Well, it didn't look like it looks today, 
But it's very interesting to me that the slice of land that today is called Israel had big, beautiful, bold text on it, and it said very clearly, Palestine. Yeah. I, I don't know why anyone even would want to argue this point. So then the, 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 the question is, the operative question is, and of course this makes you an anti-Semite if you ask it, the question is, well, how did, it, did the Palestinians lose a war? <laughs> Usually when a country changes a name, it's because they were invaded and they lost a war. And the victors went in and go like, plant a flag somewhere and go, we claim this land. And we call it, you know, such and such. Um, was yeah. there, well, I mean, you, you know what's interesting, Mike, is a lot of people say, I mean, I, I had this guy on Facebook who's a vet, veteran. And I, I don't know, maybe he's got some veteran's guilt from killing Arabs or something. But he's like railing against, I put up a prayer to Our Lady of Palestine. And he's railing against, when are we going to realize that Palestine, in quotes, was a creation of the British and that it didn't exist and it's not a real place or real people. They're <laughs> Arabs. So I said, um, when are we going to realize that the United States was a creation of British colonists and it's not a real people? Our DNA is European. <laughs> and, Touché. You know, so, he, so he gave me this sort of long so what at the end of that. And, and, uh, but the, the, uh, the, the, we tend to look at these things and say, well, wait a minute, it wasn't a real country, uh, we Americans. And, you know, the, the British gave it that name, Palestine, and they drew the map. Okay, there were, okay, regardless of who drew what map when, okay, there were people who lived there. And those people who lived there, many of them were people who lived there for hundreds of years. Some, more than a thousand, their families were there. Um, some uh, who were Christian, uh, most Muslim, uh, and they lived there on their ancestral homelands, working their farms, you know, growing their vineyards, etc. And then a bunch of European Jews from Poland and Russia and, and you know, the Pale of Settlement and blah, 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 all these different places uh, came and landed in, uh, in the Holy Land, mostly Russian, landed in the Holy Land and displaced them and basically said, we're claiming this. Now, the, the only claim that the Jews historically had to the Holy Land was strictly religious, right? Strictly religious. It was the promise that was made to Abraham, right? Yep. So two points on that. The first, and this is not pleasant to hear, and it's not pleasant to say, because I know that if the wrong people hear this, I'll be accused of all sorts of things. But this is a fact, it was by God's condign, it was by God's just judgment that they were displaced by the Romans and that the temple was destroyed. That's the, my, my interlocutor on Twitter, my military veteran on Twitter, uh, who thinks he's an expert in Arab terrorism because he like you know shot at Arabs or something. Um, he he d d doesn't realize the fact that it was God who displaced the Jews off of the Holy Land. He gave it to them in the first place, and then he took it away from them. And he said, the kingdom of heaven will be taken, our Lord himself said, the kingdom of heaven will be taken away from you and given to uh, 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 another nation, a, na a nation that will keep it. And this is the Romans, right? The Ro the, the, and this is a whole, the whole basis of a book by Alan Fimister that I haven't gotten or read yet, but, you know, our, our, our Lord himself uh, is the one who, who has placed the... the uh, 
the, the Jews from the Holy Land when they rejected him. And the church becomes universal and its political embodiment becomes Roman. The church is Roman, right? It is Roman. And, um, you know, the kingdom of God is taken from you and given to a nation that will bear the fruit thereof. Alan Femister uses that as the basis of his book, The Iron Scepter of the Son of Man. Romanitas is a note of the church. So um, the Romans did this. Yes, it was the pagan Romans. Yes, they were, they were the scourge of God who did God's will in destroying the temple and getting the Jews out of the Holy Land. I know that sounds horrible, but that's the fact. That's the fact. And it's, a, it's not just an opinion. This is a fact of sacred history. And this is what the fathers of the church believed. This is what the doctors of the church believed. And the Jews were then sent all around the world. Now, St. Augustine says it's in God's providence that wherever they went, they brought their scriptures with them. And therefore, people could learn about the scriptures of the Old Testament and then see them fulfilled in Jesus Christ. So, uh, uh, so, there, so that, that's the first thing. They were, they were the Jews that, were, uh, that lived in, in that, what the Romans call Palestine, that lived there and were kicked out and dispersed. Uh, they, uh, that was done by God's just judgment. The second point to realize is this, the Jews who quote unquote came back to the Holy Land in 1948 and in the, in the years leading up to it, because there were these, these colonizations that were happening leading up to it, those people were for the most part European Jews. They were Ashkenazi Jews. And depending upon who you ask, and, and there are many Jews who agree with this thesis, these people were not even Semitic. They're not even Abrahamite in their blood, right? They were um, Khazars, who were people from the Central European steppes, who, um, excuse me, the, 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 the Central Asian steppes, right? The steppes of Russia. But right, the, right. The, um, and they, they converted to uh, uh, Judaism. They were pagan peoples who converted to Judaism. Now, not everybody accepts this thesis. I, I know it's controversial in certain circles, uh, but there are, there are Jews who accept this as, as a fact of their own history. And they will, and they will say that the real uh, Semitic Jews are the um, uh, Sp Spanish and Portuguese Jews and, and the Mediterranean Jews uh, known as the Sephardim, the Sephardic Jews, who, by the way, tend to be second-class citizens in Israel because Israel's really a, a, um, an Ashkenazi um, state. Uh, that's who founded it was the Ashkenazim. So the, the so the people who in, and and you know so you have the people who were booted out by God's justice by God's judgment, and then pe the people who came to invade that state that place in 1948 and displace the people who had lived there for hundreds of thousands of years. Those people were arguably not even the descendants of those who were initially kicked out. So, uh, and, and what justified their return to the land? Their Zionist uh, uh, religious ideology, which is not a Christian uh, theology. It's, it's antithetical to Christian theology. And it was only accepted by any people who call themselves Christians after the, the um, heretical commentary of the Schofield Bible became imbibed by uh, many uh, uh, heretical Christians of the Anglosphere, especially Americans, but also British.
and what made it possible for those, those people to, to come back to that place. And I say those people, not disparagingly. I mean, I mean the people that, that I was speaking of, these Ashkenazi Jews. What made it possible for them to come back to that place? Well, the political hegemony of the French and the and the and the and the and the English, who had basically um, partitioned the whole area, and not just um, not just uh, the Holy Land, but also Lebanon. Right when Brother Francis was uh, was when, when the when the Ottoman Empire was was. Defeated after World War One, the British and French, as and the Russians as victors, sort of divvied up the place and had it under um, what they called um, mandate rule. Right. So when Brother Francis grew up in Lebanon, he was born a citizen of the Ottoman Empire. But when he was a child, World War One was fought, um, and he one of his earliest memories as a child is watching the vanquished Turkish soldiers marching through his little village of Mashra and uh, you know, going back to, to Turkey, and the, he didn't know that the adults were all terribly afraid because they had no idea what this defeated army would do when they marched through this tiny village. But, uh, sure, but sure. thank God, no violence happened. Um, and then, uh, and then, but for the rest of his life uh, th that he lived in Lebanon, he was under French mandate. Now, he deeply resented the French mandate. He knew French, but he refused to speak it because he said, no, I'm an Arab, I speak Arabic. Uh, and of course, he learned to speak English as well, and he spoke English uh, when he when he um, in school and at the American University of Beirut. So, um, but but he 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 knew French. He could read French, but his his spoken French was rusty because he refused to speak it when he was in Lebanon. A lot of a lot of Maronites use um, French forms of their names. You know, you you don't see as many Antunes among the Maronites as you see Antoines. Because they prefer the French form, and the Maronites tend to be tended, at least tended historically, to be very francophile. So um, it, it's a very complex history. But when you when but but it's it was that mandate system that was put in place after the defeat of the Ottoman Empire that allowed for the Sykes-Picot Treaty and allowed for the 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 promises to be made behind the backs of the Arabs to, uh, is, is, to the Zionist Isra uh, uh, European Jews for them to make this deal to come back and, 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 and create their, their modern state of Israel. Okay, I found a map on, uh, on Pinterest, and you can find this map, dozens of encyclopedias, uh, print material before, before the Internet, and it is a map of what uh, this area looked like in 1944. Four. And there's a footnote at the top of the page. Majority report of the United Nations Special Committee on Palestine recommended that Palestine be divided into an Arab state shown in dark gray and a Jewish state shown in light gray. The area of Jerusalem would be administered by an international uh, trustee uh, trusteeship. Some interesting things to note uh, the, across the the entire breadth from north to south of what is called Israel today. It has very large capital letters. It says Palestine. There is an area that is carved out just south of Lebanon. I don't know what happened to it, but it once upon a time was called Phoenicia. And then well, 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 okay. Keep in mind the Phoenicians are the Lebanese, right? So okay, that's the, what I the, thought. They, 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 uh, the, the, yeah, it, it's well, it's complicated history. But the Phoenicians 
So the modern-day uh, Lebanese are an amalgamation of the native Phoenicians with the Arabs who conquered that place. Okay. Um, Syria is already, uh, is already a map for Syria. There is a country to the, uh, to the east called Transjordan. That's what it was called to the UN. Of course, Egypt is to the south and to the, uh, to the west. Um, but there is no mistake in that this was the United Nations that was in on all this. The United Nations uh, said, well, let's do a, a graphic overlay, and this is how we propose to divide it. Um, any historian... It doesn't matter. It shouldn't matter. You know, history is supposed to be a review of the facts of what happened. I know that to the victor go the spoils and the victor gets to write the history. I know that very well. But I also know that usually that there are some facts that you can rely upon. Well, I believe that the basis of the facts of what the country was called prior to the divvying up as is proposed here, and that's exactly what happened. That map went into actual, because it even has the Gaza Strip marked, um, actually went into, uh, went into effect, that this was an international body primarily composed of English and French, as Brother said, that decided that this is what we're going to do. Now, if you really want to go rabbit-holing on this thing, again, I, I, I've seen it one and a half times now, The Mystery of Israel Solved, the movie that I watched last night. Um, this guy does a really deep dive into it. He actually does a bio of Schofield. This Schofield guy was not a nice man. This... Yeah, I I didn't see. I did. I, I saw just a little clip of it when you sent it to me. I didn't have that much time, uh, and I'm not sure what this guy's angle is. I'm not sure what his. Um, you know, I, I don't know if he's a Catholic or what his. Sure, sounds like one, but he doesn't say that he is. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure what his, is. Is is that a Dutch accent? I couldn't figure it out. Um, but when you gave me his name, when you gave his name on the air this morning, it sounded like it might be um, some sort of Scandinavian name. But, Sorensen. Um, Sorensen is his name. Yo, that's that's very that's very Scandinavian. <laughs> yeah. um, so uh, that that uh, yeah, I, I I saw just a little bit of it. I don't I don't you know, keep in mind. Sometimes there there are people who just you know they they get into they get into these subjects and they and they go wild with it. I don't know that that uh, Schofield was a Satanist. I'd never heard that before. Um, I had heard that he connected with the Plymouth Brethren. He had their ideas. Now, being funded by the Rothschilds, that doesn't surprise me a bit. I knew that he had funding that came from, say, non-Christian sources. That that much I knew in the very sober stuff that I read about the the the, the history of the Schofield Bible. And the fact is that the the Plymouth Brethren were the were were a, a, an obscure little sect that came up with this idea that we, we have to help the Jews to get back to um, the Holy Land and, and, and that will somehow bring us redemption. That will be good for the Christians to bring the, to bring the Jewish people back to the Holy Land, uh, which, was, which is something that nobody... What I said at the beginning about the, the, um, the destruction of the Holy Land, about what happened with the Romans, and keep in mind, the Jews brought the Romans in um, this guy, this guy that's telling me that Palestine was a creation of the Romans, um, I, I I should ask him who, who and who brought the Romans in to begin with. See, if you read the books of the Maccabees, you find that the Maccabees went into an alliance with the Romans to for mutual protection. Which it's kind of funny. Like I mean, like the Romans needed the Jews. Like oh boy, we better get the Jews in on this one because they they wouldn't have needed them. I mean, it was they they were mil they they had great military might. 
but the the um, but what happened was the the Maccabees uh, made this alliance with the Romans uh, so that the Romans could protect them. Now, and this is detailed in the books of Maccabees. They they, they sent people to the Roman Senate to form this alliance with the Romans. Well, later on, when there was a dispute about the um, the the who it was that was to rule in Israel when the Hasmonean dynasty is in place, because the Maccabees gave gave birth to the Hasmonean dynasty, which was not a real dynasty, and I I I. I don't think that God was terribly pleased with it because what happened was during the time of the Maccabees, the, keep in mind the Maccabees were Levites, they were Aaronites, they were priests, um, and they kind of rose up to defend the the people and the temple and the land against uh, the aggression of Antiochus Epiphanes V and, um, or was it fourth? I forget. Um, it, it says, it, who, who, who was the Syrian Greek general? I pulled it up invaded. for you, brother. It's Antiochus the Illustrious. Well, uh, yeah, Antiochus Epiphanes. I can't remember if it's the fourth or fifth. I think it's the fifth. He's the one who invaded, and he's the one that the Maccabees successfully repelled. And you know, the Maccabee, the Maccabean wars keep going and keep going, and they have multiple enemies and this and that. Well. The, the there was a there was a legitimate kingly line, the line of Judah, the line from which our Lord would come. Right, that was the, the that was the Davidic line. That's the line that was promised to have um, Jesus, the, the the Messiah would come from that line. David was of the house of Judah, and um, but what happened was the priests ended up taking over, and they created kind of this false line of kings. And I say false, not because the beginnings were evil or anything, but because they just started to become the de facto rulers, and then it became an hereditary thing. So there was this, there was dispute between two Hasmonean pretenders to the throne, and they brought in the Romans to settle it. And the Romans came in and parked there. So uh, that's why that's the what Romans do. <laughs> yeah, they roam around. They um, Romans. So, so that's why they were. That's why they were there in the Holy Land to begin with. Now, in God's providence, this is going to to, to 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 create the state of affairs that would bring in the messianic time. Because why? Because because one of the prophecies was that the, that the um, Judah, the descendants of Judah, would reign until. The Messiah came. So the Jews knew that because they had no king, that it was the messianic times. And Dom Garanger points out that when they said, we have no king but Caesar at the trial of our Lord before Pilate. Right, right. That was an admission that therefore these must be the times when the Messiah is going to come. Um, and you know, so it, it, there's a lot of background to that. Interesting. So our so our Lord came and w is the Messiah, and then now the now we become Israel, and this is what we as Catholics, this is what we have to get into our heads. The Christian Church is Israel. We are Israel, and I don't even like calling that nation state that's that that's parked in Palestine. Israel, because we are Israel. They've taken our name. And I realize that, I realize that most people are going to say, what are you, crazy? They're the Jews. But let's look at the actual sacred history. 
there's a straight line in the continuity of religion from our father Adam through the patriarchs, uh, through the antediluvian patriarchs, to the post, through the post-diluvian patriarchs, including Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, um, and then up to Moses and up to King David, and eventually up to our Lord, to us in the Catholic Church. That's a straight line. Yes, it is. And we call it the continuity of religion. Everything else, whether it's B.C. or A.D., whether it's some early Christian heresy, whether it's paganism that was invented by people who were descended from Adam and who were also descended from Noah, all of those things are tangents off of that straight line. They're either BC tangents or they're AD tangents. It doesn't matter if we're talking, you know, the you know the Sumerian pagans or the Samaritans who believed most of what the Jews believed, or it doesn't matter if we talk about um, you know the 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 Hussites or the or the Albigensians or some other Christian heresy. All of them broke off from that straight line that is the continuity of religion. And therefore, we are Israel, we are Jerusalem, we are the Holy Land in the sense that the land, Haaretz, is now the church. And it's also Christ's body. It's not just a piece of real estate. And but, yeah. Well, now that's the point that, that needs to be made. Brother Andre Marie, host of Reconquest Radio and a regular Wisdom Wednesday presenter here on the Crusade Channel, uh, live talk radio the way it should be. Uh, interesting, um, I have not read the uh, the book of Maccabees, but as you're talking, uh, I'm reading chapter one, I'm going like, I didn't know that. <laughs> Maybe we should all pick up the reading of the book of Maccabees for just a little bit of the history as according to uh, the inner word of God. And this particular passage struck me in those days there went out of Israel wicked men and they persuaded many saying let us go and make a covenant with the heathens that are round about us for since we are departed from them many evils have befallen us and the words seemed good in their eyes and some of the people determined to do this and went to the king and he gave them license to do after the ordinances of the heathens and they built a place of exercise in Jerusalem according to the laws of the nations and then they're just and the story kicks in from there pretty much what you said and an awful lot of real evil happened from that well and it's detailed it tells you what the evil is and you know what a gymnasium is you know what the etymology of gymnasium is gymnasium it's, it comes from the Greek word gymnos, meaning naked, because that's how they worked out. They wrestled and all that stuff uh, in the buff. And there, there's, I won't go into the details because it's too delicate, and some people think I'm, I'm crazy for even talking about the subject. But this is when, in the book of Maccabees, it relates. This is when uh, the, the Jews were embarrassed at that certain ritual that they have when they're eight days old. And they did things to alter themselves. And that's when the rabbis created a new form of circumcision that's a much more radical procedure. And that's what exists today among both the, the, the Jews who, who think they're living the Abrahamic covenant, which they're not because Abraham wasn't told to do that. And, uh, and, and it's also what's done in American hospitals. It's a much more violent procedure. Yep. Um, I've done I've done a show uh, I've done a show on this and um, <laughs> I had I had you know some people think I'm crazy if you've been talking about the issue but yet I've had people thank me say uh, you know it's because of you that my sons are intact because <laughs> my I never sons knew are intact <laughs> I never knew yeah I was told we have a mutual friend I won't name him on the air because he told me in private but 
Um, I've had moms thank me, like, I never knew any of this stuff. I won't let that monstrosity happen to my children. So, um, but, the, but these are, you know, th these are things that are, um, we, we take them for granted in the Anglo-Protestant uh, world. And, and let's face it, Mike, we are part of the Anglo-Protestant world. Oh, we live in that's, it. That's why, that's why so many Americans, even this Catholic military guy that's arguing with me, and he tells me how the Holy See was basically stupid for recognizing the Palestinians because they were meddling in politics. Like, are you kidding? I mean, they recognized the people who lived there, you know? Uh, anyway, one of the things, Mike, that Stephen Heiner says in that video was that in the original UN recognition of the state of Israel, there was, a, there was a promise that there would be two states. There would be a Palestinian state and there would be the state of Israel. And this is one of the reasons, and, and this never happened, right? And ever since the founding of the so-called state of Israel, the, the Zionist state in Palestine, ever since the founding of that state, they exceeded their borders. Now, the excuse was always, well, wait a minute, um, we've got these enemies and we, you know, they have the Six-Day War and all that stuff, so we have, to, we have to put these settlements there to protect Israel. But every time they founded another settlement, whether it's, in God, whether it's on, on the West Bank or, or, or wherever, outside of the actual borders that the UN had assigned to Israel, every time they did that, they had to displace more people. Now, they didn't have to. They did. They displaced more people. And when you do that, of course, you're going to make enemies. Now, Israel had the support of the Brits, and then they had the support of the Americans. And we became their strong right arm. We became the strong right arm of the Israelis. We armed them to the teeth. We fund them to the tune of, what is it, $4 billion a year, $6 billion a year? I forget. But the, that's the what's amount, on the books. The amount of, oh, that, that's right. That's what's on the that's books. That's what's on the books. A lot more that's off the books. So we, we fund them. They are a nuclear power. And by the way, nobody knows how many nukes they've got. They won't they, tell anyone. They don't let, they don't let weapons inspectors. In. That's right. And I don't know. You know, it sounds like I'm going stream of consciousness now. But one point needs to be made regarding the, the modern state of Israel and, say, Saddam Hussein. Right? Remember, one of our excuses to go after Saddam Hussein under, under uh, George I was because they were, uh, they, they, they had violated UN mandates, right? Remember that? I, I remember the whole thing. I was there. Okay, yeah. Okay. Oh, good. Well, I'm sorry to insult you. Yeah. The, 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 they, they said, as if the United States somehow, as if we somehow have this great moral outrage because somebody, uh, you know, disobeys a UN mandate or a UN, uh, uh, what was it? Was it a UN mandate? I forget, I'm forgetting the word. They violated UN blah, 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 whatever the word was. At that time, the one nation, there was one nation in the world that had violated more UN uh, mandates than anyone else, and it was the state of Israel because they exceeded their borders. They, they exceeded the UN acknowledged borders. Uh, I was just, I was, I was, I was pecking. Uh, I'm, I, I'm with you. I'm trying to remember 
the uh, the actual terminology because it's not UN. Uh, uh, it's not mandate. It's it's, uh, it's not mandate. Uh, okay, there was a UN resolution one fourteen forty one. Is what they're saying. He violated 1441. Uh, the United States violates it like every minute of every day. We also are in compliance, supposedly, with, uh, and Mike Parrott was pointing this out. Did the United States or did not the United States sign the Helsinki and Geneva Accords? Answer, yes. Okay. What did the Geneva and Helsinki treaties or courts, whatever you want to call them, what do they say about military intervention in foreign countries, brother? Do you know? Uh, uh, no. No member. No member. Security member council. No security member. Mem member of the security council may engage in any military activity in any other United Nations country without the explicit resolute authorization and passed in the affirmative of the Security Council and the whole body of the UN. You can't send weapons to Ukraine under the U.N. treaty. You can't send weapons to the Israelis under the U.N. treaty unless you went and the Geneva Accords and the Helsinki. People forget about the Helsinki Accords, that the world was in a state of, uh, well, Europe had to be rebuilt after the Great War, right? After the, uh, you know, many Americans were so drunk and so just flippantly, just I, I just almost like genocidally like to tout the fact that we carpet bomb these damn Germans and Dresden and all that. Carpet bombing is not something that Christian peoples do to other Christian peoples. You no. don't indiscriminately murder women and civilians so you can get the military high command to surrender. That's not, that is not acceptable under just war theory. You know, John, Commander Sharp brought this up last week when I had him on on Friday. I don't know if you heard it. But he was like, you know, I don't know when we decided that we were just going to completely jettison Adjus uh, Bellum and we weren't even going to consult it any longer. It's, it's almost as though it doesn't exist. Yeah. I asked a, <laughs> well, I, a few years ago on pilgrimage, I saw this priest, yes, who, you know, is the Orisville pilgrimage. And I saw this priest, he was walking with us, and he was a tough guy, and I'm looking at him, and I, you know, I was never military, but I was in the marching band, and we considered ourselves paramilitary. Uh, but I looked at him and I said, Father, were you military? And he said, yeah, I was. Um, I was in the Air Force. I asked him which branch, I was in the Air Force. So we, we had started up a little chat about that, and I said, tell me, when you were in the Air Force, was, were you trained in military ethics? And he said, and he smiled, he got this funny smile on his face. He said, yes, we were. He said, but the woman who taught us military ethics worked for Planned Parenthood. <laughs> so, so obviously he knew, I mean, he was a priest. He knew, he, he knew that there was something deeply wrong with that. But uh, the, 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 whole, the whole idea here is that, that we don't have military ethics. It's like you talk about me medical ethics in most hospitals. This is, it's an oxymoron. Because it is. They don't have, that. They don't have ethics. Um, there are, there are modern-day medical ethicists who talk about how long a child can be alive outside of the womb before you get to kill it. Before you get to kill it. So <laughs> that they, they, they're... they're, they're Sense of ethics is, is gonzo, but, Brother, but I mean, it wasn't uh, Father Van Costons, was it? No, no. Uh, you know no, Father Van, though, don't you? No, no, I don't. I, I I know of him, and that's it. No, this is a priest who was uh, okay, a fraternity priest that I that I that uh, who's been assigned. Well, at the time, I think he was assigned in New Jersey, but 
um, I just knew him on the road in, uh, in, in to Arisville. Okay, we have, we have uh, uh, just a, a little bit of time before you have to go back to class. Um, uh, you say that you went through uh, Brother Francis's books after he died in 2009, and you found some really interesting things. You came upon an, an old Latin Arabic missile. That's interesting. Yeah. Uh, uh, published for the Latin Rite Palestinians. Wait a minute, wait a minute. There are nothing yeah. but infidel, mongrel Muslim dogs that need to be wiped from the face of the earth in Palestine, brother. Yeah, 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 yeah. So this is this so look at the look at the year. The year is nineteen forty five. That was the year that that missile came out. By the way, I gave that a missile missile away to somebody who wanted to get his grandmother to the traditional Latin mass, a Palestinian. And um, she knew Arabic. And she didn't want to go to the traditional mass because she couldn't understand it. So I actually gave this guy, Brother Francis's old missile. I'm like, we're never going to use this. Um, and because <laughs> if only the only, you knew. <laughs> well, no, no. The only English in it was that prayer. Okay. Everything else was Latin and Arabic. And I don't need a Latin missile. We got tons of them. So. Um, what what we looked at was um, when I when I'm flipping through the thing that prayer leapt out of me a prayer to Our Lady of Palestine, but think for a moment you know just crunch on that just chew on that for a bit as you as you just did because you 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 said wait a minute, 1945 is the year, there's a missile in Arabic and Latin, and it's got all these prayers including a prayer to Our Lady of Palestine in multiple languages not just English and and, and Arabic and Latin but also French, I think, and Italian. And you you look at that and you say, wait a minute, this is a gorgeous hardbound missile. There were enough Arabic-speaking Latin rite, forget the Eastern rites, because they're also represented, and forget the Orthodox, because they're, and I'm not saying forget them like disparagingly, I'm just saying there were enough Latin rite Catholics who spoke Arabic, who lived in Palestine, that they could have their own missile printed, and that they could have a, a prayer to Our Lady of Palestine in it. Wow. And they can have a feast day, the Queen of Palestine, which by the way is this Sunday, um, which coincides with Christ the King in the traditional Latin calendar. But my, my point is that there were enough of those people there, our Catholic, our Latin Rite Catholic brothers and sisters mm -hmm. in Palestine, that there was a Latin patriarch of, of Jerusalem. And there were all these, the, the church regarded these Palestinian Catholics as her children and approved of the title Our Lady of Palestine. So you know, don't tell me that you know there there were you know the, the, it, the land wasn't inhabited. Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that these people don't have a history. Many of these people were there since uh, for hundreds of years, right? For hundreds of years, and these are just the Catholics of the Latin Rite. They were there are also Melkite Catholics and other other Eastern Rite Catholics, and then you have all the Orthodox Christians that are Arabs that lived in that area. I, when I was looking at uh, some of the news on Gaza, there was a, a, there was a church that got bombed by the Israelis. What was the name of the church? It was the Church of St. Porphyry. Well, there's, I happen to know, because we, we, we have them up on our website, there was a Greek bishop who was made the Bishop of Gaza. Uh, he died the same year as St. Jerome, easy date to remember, 420. So St. Porphyry of Gaza, a Greek 
bishop ministering to the Christians in Gaza dies in the year 420. There were Christians there in Gaza in 420. Catholics. Right. Catholics. So don't tell me there weren't any people there and that somehow when the, when, the, when the Romans kicked out the Jews, it became sealed up. There was this vacuum seal put on it. It was this hermetic seal put on it and nobody inhabited it at all. And then suddenly when the Jews go to take it over in 1948, a whole bunch of Arabs invaded it and said, no, this is ours. It's Palestine. No, these people were there in their ancestral lands and they were displaced. And that, and, and that created a whole lot of injustices. Now, look, Mike, it needs to be mentioned. We're, we're running out of time. But yes. needs, I want to mention a couple things before we sign off. This is very important. It's far too e- As Americans, we have to put, anytime there's an international dispute between two parties, we have to take out our white cowboy hat and our black cowboy hat and stick one on one and the other on the other. That's how we, that's how we think. We're very binary in our thinking. Yep. And, 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 yeah, and that's appropriate when you talk about the sexes. <laughs> it's not appropriate when you're talking about extremely complex geopolitics, where sometimes both sides are dead wrong. And there are, uh, uh, you know, it's like, okay, the Nazis and the communists are fighting it out. Pick a side. Really? Do I have to? No. <laughs> How's about taking the side of the Catholic monarchists who were displaced by both of those losers with those evil th- opinions? Or the Mensheviks and the Bolsheviks are fighting. Pick a side. Uh, yeah, how exactly. About, no, I'll take the no, czar. I, so, so here we are. Here we are. We've got... We've got the Muslims and the, and, the, and, the, and the Jews in the Holy Land. We've got the Zionist Jews and the Muslims fighting it out. And we, we, we have to pick a side. No, we don't. Because this is the perennial um, precarious position of the Christians in that part of the world. They're, they're too, I, I saw a Christian Arab the other day on Twitter say, this is, the lot, this is our lot in life. We're too uh, Arab for the right, and we're too Christian for the left. Now, he was talking about current-day British politics, because I think this is an Arab Christian who's writing from Great Britain. Um, because, because, of course, the, 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 to take up the Palestinian cause in Great Britain is considered a leftist cause, just as it is in the United States, which is ridiculous. I grew up thinking that. Um, because I grew up in this sort of Zionist milieu. But, but this has nothing to do with our left and right politics. Not that that is an important distinction anyway, I mean, because so much of it's arbitrary. But when you actually look at the, 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 the fight between Muslims and, 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 and Jews who don't accept our Lord, uh, why should I pick a side there, okay? So, the, so, you, so what you have to do is this. You have to say, okay, the, 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 there are victims who are um, Muslim. There are victims who are Jews in, some, in the current things. I mean, I mean, the Latin patriarch of Jerusalem, um, his beatitude, Cardinal uh, Pierre Battista um, uh, uh, Pizzabella. <laughs> it's a, Pizzabella, it's a funny Italian name. And when I looked up his name, I, I came across a pizzeria. Uh, uh, but when you, when you look at what he says, he condemned what Hamas did. Because, of course, Hamas took civilian uh, uh, prisoners. They killed civilians. But we're also not being told that a lot of the Israeli civilians were killed in the, in, when the Israelis started 
themselves shooting into crowds and, and at the Hamas guys, and they ended up killing their own people. Um, but w w w we look at the victims on both sides. There are Jews who've been victims of Muslim violence, and there are um, Muslims that are victims of Zionist violence. And uh, that's wrong. Okay, the, the, these things are wrong. You also have to realize that Gaza is basically a prison, and those guys did a prison break. Because it, it's an incredibly populous region, it, they're, they're, they're stuck in, this, in, in, in these horrible conditions, and they broke out. Um, anyway, let, let me get back to my major point. We are Christians, we are Catholics, we don't take sides with, with, with radical Sunni or radical Shia or any kind of Islam. We don't, take, so we don't take their side. Neither should we take the side of Zionists, quasi-Zionists. Okay, but we do take the side of people whose natural rights have been violated. And that's a subtlety that so many people don't understand. Oh, the Muslims are bad. Well, okay, so Islam is an evil religion, I grant you that, just as Talmudic Judaism is an evil religion, I'll grant you that. But you've got a Muslim neighbor. Do you get to go in and shoot him and, and take his house because he's a Muslim? No, he has rights as a human being, right? Nor can you do it to a Jew who, who lives on your street because he's, he's Jewish and, you know, those people have errors in their religion. We don't have rights to take away things from people who have a natural right to their property, to their lands, to their ancestral homelands, to their farms, to make a living, to be able to support their families. And this is why we defend the rights of the Palestinians. Because they were displaced, they had their farms taken, their homes taken, and you know, as as Stephen Heiner says, there was no plan of what to do with the with the Arabs who were there because the Zionists thought they would just move out, and they didn't realize that some people who have whose families have been on this land for hundreds and hundreds of years aren't just going to go out quietly and say, okay, well, you know, yeah, we'll just walk over to some other place where there are other Arabs, and. You know, we'll we'll just give you everything that we. You can have uh, it. We'll go assimilate we, somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it, it that's completely unjust, and it would be the same. Yeah, and, and you know, now we, you know, the Vatican has wanted a two-state solution because what are you going to do now? The Israelis are there. They're there. Well, brother, you're 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 out of time, um, and I want to get get you back to class. But I just want to say, for the record, while while you are here. Um, and I'm not saying that Shapiro is a Zionist, but he certainly has the support of Zionists. Oh, he is a Zionist. Listen to what he says. When you say I'm stand with Israel and I'm with Shapiro and I'm with, you know, the the uh, um, the modern Jewish state and everything, Shapiro doesn't even. He says, and he was asked, "Can you repeat that?" So he repeated it to Joe Rogan. No, no, we don't even believe that. No, Jesus wasn't even a prophet. No, no, he was a criminal. He was a rebel. He had a bunch of rebel, rebel guys with him. No, he, he didn't work any miracles. No, no, he didn't, he didn't do any of that. You are siding. You're basically apostatizing. Don't do that. For the sake of your soul and your family's souls, don't apostatize. Don't Yo, say he, you're with he, them. Yeah, well, he's not a pot. Uh oh, you mean when somebody I'm talking about when Catholics and Christians yeah. go like, I'm with Shapiro, I'm with I'm a Zionist, I'm with the Zionist state. No, don't say that. Do not say that. For heaven's sake, whatever you do, do not say that. that yeah, and that's my appeal. If there's a religious angle on this, it's that the Holy Land is ours. That's what the Crusaders thought. That's what the that's Crusaders what justified thought. Them. Now, but, but 
the Arabs have natural rights and the Jews have natural rights and we can't march over those. But look, but recall what I said earlier. We are Israel. Yes. When you have American Catholics going around, you know, being the rah-rah corner of the state of Israel, and they think that they have a right to that land because of the promises made to Abraham, there are massive theological problems with that. You're contradicting St. Paul in the epistle to the Galatians, if you think that. And yeah. that's what my show's about tonight, by the way, which oh. I call For the Peace of Jerusalem. Okay, fantastic. That comes at uh, 8 o'clock Eastern, 7 Central here on the Crusade Channel. By the way, a little breaking news. Chris Jan Amanpour just finished an interview with the Queen. I didn't know they had one. With the Queen of Jordan, Queen Rania. And the Queen, according to Chris Jan Amanpour, is going like, you need to get the word out that this needs to stop. There's a deliberate massacre going on in Gaza, and it needs to stop. Now, that's the Queen of Jordan. So uh, I don't know if CNN's going to broadcast that. I see and that. Jordan, Jordan tends to be one of the more moderate Arab, uh, more moderate Muslim They have a monarchy. States. They have the King of Jordan. I mean, I mean, I don't know what kind of monarchy it is, but uh, in, in name, at least, they have the King of Jordan. And, uh, yeah. and now we have the queen. Um, brother, uh, you can get all of Brother's previous episodes of Reconquest and Wisdom Wednesday at crusademax.com. All right, brother, get back to class. You're needed. Yes, sir. <laughs> I don't want to be like school on Saturday, you know? All right. <laughs> God bless, Mike. All right. God, God bless, bless our listeners. All right, you too.